Well, welcome to the Grow Deeper podcast. My name is Mike Holly. I'm one of the pastors at Bluff Park United Methodist Church. And my name is Ross Furio. And look, this is a brand new gig that we're starting here. It is. Brand new. First Brand episode. New. First episode. We really have no idea what we're doing. We just showed up to the room and we hit record and, and here we are. This this podcast studio has uh, the, the new car smell still. It does have the new car smell. So like Mike said, this is a podcast. We're going to call it Grow Deeper. And broadly, I mean, our goal here over over our episodes and I guess the next couple of months is to just spend some time on questions and scriptures and ideas around growing deeper in faith and how we can be, you know, individuals and communities that are doing that. I think there's a real desire. I know there is for me, and I know that there there is in a lot of people that I encounter uh, out in the world that people want to grow. They want a, a better life. You know, we kind of feel like we're stuck in a rut sometimes. And with the pandemic we've been through, I know a lot of people were just ready for something new, something different. And I think, I think, the way for us to grow is to get out there and to consider new options, new possibilities, and to see if there's something better for us. Well, you know, I think growth is just an interesting topic because if you ask anyone if they want to grow, the odds are is they're, they're going to say yes, right? The challenge is how. how. How do I grow? Because you know, I think so often growth can feel like something that we don't have a whole lot of control over, right? Well, I want to grow. I want to be better at this. I want to know more about this. I want to feel more secure in my faith. I want to grow in my relationship with God. But how do I do that? I feel like I've been trying to do that for years, and I, I don't feel like I've made any progress. How How do I, what, what steps can I take where growth actually becomes something that feels attainable, feels doable? So, so you know, one of the things that you're mentioning is that there are people that have dreams or hopes, you know, that, that I want a better life. I want this kind of uh, a future. Uh, but number one, not knowing what steps to take or number two, realizing that the steps that needed to be or that need or need to be taken are just too difficult. Right. Right. Yeah. I think, I think that's a good way to put it, right? We don't know, or we do know, and we know it's going to be challenging and uncomfortable. And so even though we want it, right. We're not really willing to do what we think it's going to take to make it happen. Think about every single January. We've got people who make New Year's resolutions all the time. And usually the New Year's resolution lasts a week. Yeah. If that. Yeah. I mean, I think that's like the average, right? Right. I mean, obviously some last more, some last less, but a week, that being the average is outrageous outrageous. But think about New Year's resolutions. They are all geared towards what? Growth. Growth. Growth is difficult and growth is challenging and growth is uncomfortable and it can be sticky and unpredictable and it can lead us in directions that we didn't intend when we first got into it, uh, which I think is why for so many folks and maybe so many communities, it just ends up not working and we become stagnant. I agree. And I think that if we if we're honest with ourselves, we don't want to be stagnant. We don't always like the life that we are living. Now, we might love pieces of our lives. We might love the people in our lives, but there's some part of who we are or how we exist that we really want to move beyond. And, you know, we have different ways that we've tried to do this, or at least to help lead people into change throughout history. Uh, we have always tried 
I think, to give people the right information, mm -hmm. thinking that somehow if they just knew better, that they would do better. Yeah, it's, you know, and I think that's a classic approach to growth, especially for the church, right? I mean, just, just look at the average church's discipleship process. Well, for you to grow in your faith, you need to learn all, the, all these things about who God is and who Jesus is. And once you have that information in your brain, you will grow. And granted, there is some truth to that, right? I mean, we do need to know who God is and who Christ is and the scriptures and the stories and all that stuff. But if we think that that is the only way that folks in the church grow, especially sustainable growth years and years down the road, then I think we're missing the point. And I mean, I think the global church might be guilty of that, right? Of pigeonholing growth into this transactional information model. And I don't know how uh, many hands were in the making of modern day seminaries, but the whole idea of having a trained uh, clerical order was the idea that if we gave them the right information and we helped them know anything and everything about the Bible, they could go out and lead change. But that didn't always work out so well. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I, I don't feel like we can totally discount it because, again, sometimes it does work, right? Yeah. But we can't act like it's the only way. Right. We can't act like it's the only way. Right. And, and, you know, and, and people being more informed has, has also led to people going out and helping people see things in brand new ways. So you're right. Mm -hmm. it, it has helped. But just feeling like if we give people the right information, they will just know what to do or know how to respond to changes in the world doesn't automatically work out the way we think it often does. Think about uh, how people are trained in medicine. You know, they go through rigorous learning about the body, about medicines. They have to know things in and out. But do they just train them with the right books and send them out to the hospitals? No. They've got to go through practical, real-world situations. I remember hearing about uh, a, a doctor who admitted that after he had graduated from uh, medical school, but he still had to go through his first years of residency, that there was this rule. If there was a code blue, uh, everybody had to run to the, to the room where the uh, emergency was happening. And there were a couple people that would act like there was something else going on. They had to run to a different room or he his shoes were, you know, unlaced and so he had to bend down and, and you know, tie them up. And, you know, he was just trying to find ways to avoid it because he was scared about what he was going right. to encounter. But right. that was part of his education was learning how to take all the book information, the knowledge that he had and put it into real world experience. Oh, my gosh. I mean, that was my experience in seminary around pastoral care. Right. I mean, I'd read all the books. I had, you know, I'd heard the lectures on how to be a present pastor, how to care for someone that is dying, how to visit someone that is sick, what to say to a family that's just experienced a tragedy. I mean, I'd read all the books, but I was so scared the first time I walked into a hospital room for, for someone that I didn't know, you know, and I was there to offer some sort of care to them. But it's the exact same mentality, right? It is. The information is important. But we shouldn't fool ourselves into thinking that it's what is going to be the catalyst for actual, real, life-changing growth. Uh, totally. And think about in terms of how many times we're given information and we store it away, almost like it's a file that we need later, versus knowing that something within us needs to change or grow. 
knowing deep within our heart that it's finally time to take that next step. And I think that's what you're pointing to. There's something beyond information that's required to help us grow most of the time. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, next episode, we're going to spend some time talking about our own stories and seasons of growth that we feel like we've experienced. But if you, if you just take a step back for a second and, and, and roll with us, right, and say, okay, I'm tracking with you. Information isn't the only way for growth. And you think about your own life and you think about your own moments or seasons or times where you experienced growth, right, whether it be in your faith or in your personal life or in relationships, just growth in general in your life, odds are it's the first thing that you think of is going to be a moment of great pain. Odds are that the, the time in your life where you feel like you have experienced the most growth is going to be a time of tragedy or a time of pain or a time when you had to deal with something or cope with something or understand something that you didn't want to happen, and yet here you found yourself with it happening to you. Mm-hmm. So what, what do we do with that? What, what do we do with the fact that when we look back on our lives, we see that in reality, you know, our moments of greatest growth are usually moments of pain, of discomfort, and or, you know, what you could also loop into that are moments of great love, right? Kind of on the opposite end of the spectrum, that usually those two things are what serve as the catalyst to kind of propel us into a season of forced growth, right? Forced growth. Forced growth. That's important because most of the time we can grow, we have the opportunity to grow, but we're forced into it by external situations. And, and that's, I think, an important thing to understand is that normally growth happens uh, through uncomfortable means. We, you know, we're put into situations or we realize that things have changed and we need to grow, but it's usually this, this catalyst, this sort of mounting uh, momentum either against us or up within us that requires us uh, to grow. And usually, on the other side of it, we're thankful for the growth, even though we weren't real thrilled going through the pain. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, when I think about my own life and my own seasons of growth, usually, you know, how I would phrase it is that something happens in my life. I encounter something, right, that forces me to be aware of something that I wasn't already aware of. And then in that moment, I have a choice to make, right? Am I going to spend some time with that new awareness and see where it leads me? Or am I going to close myself off to it and, and refuse to say yes to, to the growth, right? Because once we have that new insight, we have a choice to make, right? We can run from it for as long as we can. I think anyone that's been through a season of, of pain and grief knows that eventually it catches up to you, right, in one way or another. Mm-hmm. But we still have a choice to make. Are we going to allow that to reorient the way that we see our relationship with others and with God? and look for ways that we can grow and, and become new and renewed and, uh, and more fulfilled in life? Or are we going to run from it? And I think that that really comes down to whether or not we're open people or closed people. Uh, you know, closed-minded, open-minded, open-hearted, closed-hearted, whatever, whatever it is. If you are in the mindset of being kind of closed off that you like life the way it is, then those opportunities for growth are going to be coming at you, but you're not going to be taking the leap until, like you said, there's the catalyst. There's the sort of mounting momentum that, that pushes you through the door of change and growth. Um, 
if you're open, uh, that doesn't mean that every opportunity for growth is the right one to take, but you're at least open. You consider it. You think about it. You pray about it. You open yourself up to the possibility that this might be the change that you need. Yeah. And, and so, I, and what I'm thinking about as I hear you say, are we open? Is I, you know, I would add on to that. Are we open to God revealing new things to us, right? Are we open to God pushing our boundaries with how we understand the world around us and, and God working and moving in that? Are we open to uh, seeing God in new ways and seeing God in different places and realizing that God has been at work in something that we never expected God? You know, all those things, right? Are we open to that? Because if we are, then I think we're going to experience growth, right? Yeah. If we're not, then we're going to be stagnant and we're going to be stuck in still water. And and I think that is what leads people to experience drifting away from faith and to things like burnout and, and things like that. When, when we become stagnant for so long that we forget why, you know, we started believing in this thing called Christianity in the first place. Well, and I think, too, that if our faith doesn't grow over time, then we start looking at uh, the bigger questions that we are encountering in the world and looking at a, a faith that may not have matured to the level it's needed to, mm-hmm. and it starts to feel like it's not adequate. And usually that's a sign that our faith needs to grow, our, our souls need uh, to expand in their understanding of the world and of God, instead of it feeling like this Christianity journey I've been on is now at a dead end. Yeah, or insignificant, right? I mean, if if you're in a place where you feel like your faith doesn't add up, it can't stand against the things that you are facing in your life, then I think that is a really good sign that it, it's time for, for you to do some reconsidering and open yourself up to seeing God in a, in a new and different way. And think about this. Just saying, are you open or closed, is not really the the easy way to describe this because, you know, it has the idea that there's just some sort of switch you need to turn or a doorway you need to open, and that's not really what being open means. You were talking about it um, earlier in a discussion we had before we started recording about the idea of being aware, you know, and, and I think that being open-minded, uh, being open-hearted has to do with being aware of God and God's presence, aware of what God's doing in the world, having this sort of divine awareness, as well as having a self-awareness, because we need to know more about, you know, what we lack, uh, what we're facing. And I'll tell you, uh, a lot of times in life, I'm not as self-aware as I need to be. And I sometimes run into situations unprepared and having to sort of think on my feet uh, to adapt. Whereas if I was more in tune with myself, I could probably grow uh, in a better direction to a better way of leading and and serving before I even open the door. Yeah. And, you know, kind of what I started to realize as we were talking about this episode and kind of where we wanted this podcast to grow is that, you know, the two things that we're talking about right now, being aware and being willing to reflect on new things that we become aware of are both things that you can't see. They're, they're both things that you could tell someone about, tell someone that you're experiencing, but no one is going to really see a change in you. It's not a tangible thing. It's not until you get to this integration process, right, where you've, 
you've made this new, you've come to this new awareness, you've done the work of sitting with it and reflecting on it and praying about it. And then you get to a point where, okay, it might actually change the way you're living and it might change what decisions you're making, where you integrate it into your life. But it's really not until you get to that third step where it becomes something that you can touch and feel. Everything else is underneath the surface. And if it's underneath the surface, that means that it has the ability to be foundational, to help you grow more uh, tall or wide or whatever direction you want to go in life and in faith. But it, it really has to be seen as something that needs to be tended to. And, you know, in the Bible, Jesus talks about this in terms of our foundation uh, as, as people, as Christians, uh, as people connected to God. Is your foundation set on, on rock or is it built on sand? And, you know, if we don't have a good foundation to build from, whatever growth we have is uh, more vulnerable. It is, you know, less sturdy for the world that we live in and the, the things that can come at us. And so building healthy roots of, uh, of belief, of life, of confidence, of generosity, uh, of, of grace, building these sort of deep roots about who we are as people can allow us to grow, you know, even more fully than we ever thought possible. Yeah, I mean, one of my favorite ways that Jesus talks about that is the parable of the sower, right? I mean, to me, that feels like the most direct correlation to a conversation on growth. And and I think it's a really good way to illustrate open, being open and being mm-hmm. closed, yep. right? The seeds are falling, right? There are things in your life that could lead to growth, things that could lead you to see your faith and see God at work in new ways. And I mean, the first question is, are we open to it? Right? Are we even willing to receive that and give it a place to grow? Give it a place to nourish it and reflect on it and spend time with it and just see where it may lead us and what God may do with that. So, so the parable, as you mentioned, is all about an external uh, force. Well, the parable is about a really bad farmer, right? Yes. That that throws three-fourths of his seeds on soil where the seeds aren't going to grow and only throws 25% of them on the good soil. So it's about a really bad farmer, but it's a really good way for us to think about growth in our life. Right. So he's just throwing seed everywhere, bad farmer. Uh, and and it's all about the receptiveness of the soil or about the weeds or the thorns right. above the soil. The, the state of the soil, yeah. right? Some have, you know, some have thorns, some are rocky. Some soil is in a situation where the seed just has no chance, right? And if it does have a chance, it gets choked out early in life. It isn't really allowed to grow. And so the question then becomes is, not only is it about tending the soil, but about the external factors in your life uh, that are closing you off to growth. Mm. And I know that's going to come up time and time again as we continue this conversation over several episodes, is that, yes, Growing uh, requires us to, to get our roots down firmly into the soil, but it's also going to require making sure that there's the right environment uh, for growth. Um, you know, I don't know about you, but I've been around some pessimistic people before, and they sort of shoot down every dream uh, that, that you start to have, and you start to, you know, adapt to their negativity in that nothing good will ever happen. There's no way you can grow. And that negativity is like a thorn, you know, that's ready to choke any kind of seedling that pops up from the ground. Uh, and I'm not talking about just getting rid of every <laughs> negative person in your life, 
Sometimes we need some people to keep mm-hmm. us grounded. Mm-hmm. But there are external factors as well as internal below the surface factors that really go into having a life or a heart that can grow really well. So it's a perfect parable to Yeah, to and look and to. you know, to be honest, the more that I've spent time with this idea of growth, right? And and trying to recognize how how the church may have gotten it a little wrong and how we can begin to get it right. The more I have started to see and expect a a cycle of growth in my life, right? I mean, it it seems like once I got this ball moving internally, it's only gotten bigger, right? And what I mean by that is, okay, there'll be something in my life that brings me a new awareness, right? I'll become aware of something that I wasn't before, either through pain or love or stillness or so, you know, something like that. I'll encounter something that makes me question something in my life. And I'll spend some time with it, reflecting on it and praying about it and writing about it and wrestling with it and reading about, you know, just kind of embracing it. It'll lead me to some form of integration, right? I'll end up doing something with it in my life. And usually in the midst of that integration period, I become aware of something else. And then I begin to start the process all over. So it, once you begin these practices, for me at least, it's almost felt like it started this momentum of growth, right? And it gets a little bit easier each time to, to begin to lean into what God may be doing here, right, that I, that I didn't expect or, or didn't see before. Um, so, I mean, that's been my experience with it. So it sounds like from your experience, there's almost, uh, two rules of growth. And the first is it's going to be uncomfortable, right? Yeah. It's going to stretch you. It is, yeah, it is. I, I think that's a given for growth, right? And I, and I think that goes back to usually the catalyst in our life. Again, thinking back on your life, seasons of growth, usually the catalyst is something uncomfortable. It's something that if, if a friend asked you if you wanted this thing to happen in your life, your response would probably be no. Right? No, I would rather I would rather not experience that. But yet here you are experiencing the thing that you didn't want, and you're left with, well, what am I going to do with it now? Mm-hmm. It's usually something like that. So yeah, it's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to challenge you. It's gonna it's gonna sometimes pull the rug out from underneath uh, you. Uh, things that you believed were um, certain become questionable. Uh, things that that you didn't want to happen happen, and it's going to require you to change or adapt in some way and to to grow. Uh, I think the second rule that you kind of mentioned is that once this process starts, it's almost like a domino effect where mm. growth leads to other growth. Uh, it makes me think of this um, this this old metaphor for for dealing with churches and church health um, and called natural church development. And what they basically said was, is that, um, you know, your, your biggest problem is going to be like a hole in a barrel mm-hmm. and you can fill up that barrel full of water until you get to that hole. And then once you get to that hole, the more water you pour in, the more water is going to, mm-hmm. you know, fall out mm-hmm. that hole. And what you do is, is as a church, you try to plug that hole. Well, guess what? Then you can pour a little bit more water in, but there's another hole. Right. And right. so then you have to start working on that one keeping the other one plugged. And so, you know, it's almost like change allows you not only more clarity, more self-awareness, more receptiveness to be able to see what's next, but there's almost too a sense of, you know, I went through the uncomfortable and I found something good on the other side. 
now there's this other area of my yeah, life. I mean, not just good though, like life giving, life nourishing, and and redemptive and grace. I mean, yeah. I mean, I just on the other side, it's something transformative. Yeah. But yeah, keep keep going. Yeah, and 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 it sort of not only makes you want to desire more change, but to to go through all of that again, and maybe over time, the 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 pain or or the uncomfortableness gets a little easier to go through. It makes me think about exercise. Oh and my I'm, gosh, that's crazy. I was about to say the same really? thing. You know, I'm I'm sitting here thinking about someone that wants to get in shape and they decide, okay, I'm going to go walk on the treadmill once a week. And then they realize that, well, if I drink water that day, then it's a lot easier for me to walk on the treadmill. And then I start going two or three times a week. Well, then I realize if I eat a little bit healthier, it gets it gets even easier. And then I have energy to do something else in the gym, right? Like lift weights or whatever, or play basketball. It's like this spiral effect where before you know it, all these little changes have been made where all of a sudden it's a healthy lifestyle. Yeah. And, and what I was thinking of is in terms of my own personal experience, um, going to the gym for the first time in a long time and doing a lot of weight lifting. Oh, it hurts. And the next two days, I'm just sore. Your body just like punishes you yes. for it. What have you done to me? <laughs> <laughs> and, and it makes you never want to do it again. But if you keep with it, that pain eases until you start lifting more. But even then, you've been through it before, and you know that that's a sign that your body is, is adapting and, and you're hopefully growing stronger. And over time, people tend to sort of like that feeling mm -hmm. of, hey, I pushed myself, and now I know I can, I can do better. Yeah, and, you know, if, and if you bring it back into this growth conversation around faith, you know, the other option to being open to this is being closed. And, you know, I think just like you would say, not exercising and not moving your body, right, is going to lead to muscles to shrink and atrophy. I think the same thing happens when we're closed off to growth with our faith and with our relationship with God. I mean, there is an atrophy that happens there on our end, right? We become more and more closed off to the spirit working and moving in our lives. You know, and I've been in this ministry gig a long, long time, longer than you. Um, and when I look out uh, into a congregation, uh, I can see people who are thriving, growing, and they're excited and they're happy. I also see some people that have atrophied. And, um, you know, there's usually signs, external signs that, that they have, that their faith is not as strong as it could be. Usually people find uh, that, you know, they've atrophied when they start treating other people poorly, when they start, you know, hating others, when they start being more greedy, all these kind of mm -hmm. <laughs> language of sin in the church. Usually those are signs that the, the growth that should be happening is not. And in fact, we're mm -hmm. turning in on ourselves. Correct. Yeah. And, and so when you look out at people that uh, are in that way, um, what you want for them more than anything is for them to change, to grow, to find, to find Jesus, you know, to, to find the spirit, to find ways to grow in, in love and faith. And again, it goes back to if they're closed, how can you help them open up? You know, if, if they are, if they're not receptive, how can you help them desire growth? And a lot of that comes down to love and patience and persistence. Uh, we can't force people to change. You know what? What you think you might should do is just pour information on them and just, just keep shouting. This is what right, you got to do. Right. This is what you if, I, do. if I say it this time and I say it a little bit differently, then maybe it'll it, it'll integrate into their lives this time around. Right. 
And again, right? Sometimes it does, but I don't think it's the most effective or efficient way or most fruitful way for folks to grow. No, you, you got to keep throwing the seed. You still got to give the information, but it's slinging not the most seeds, effective. Huh? You just got to keep slinging those seeds. You got to be a bad farmer. I mean, come on. But at the end of the day, it's not going to be that that changes. It's usually going to be some other catalyst. Right. Some other thing. And maybe they can turn to the information that you've given them. But really, I think what's going to be better is knowing that they've got people to turn to mm. who, can, who can be there. Not just the best informed, but the most loving uh, to walk alongside them. And so I, I really do think that, you know, what you've talked about, these rules for growth are really important. It's going to be uncomfortable, but it also is going to lead to life transformation, good things, a better mm. life mm -hmm. for us. and. We've just got to allow it to be a process, a journey, instead of looking at it as in terms of, I want to grow past this one thing. I've, right. I, I've got this one thing right. I want to deal with. I want to do that, and that's it. Or once I do this thing, I, I'll be done growing. This is all that needs to happen for me to arrive at my destination. You know, and I, and I think that's where the church has maybe led people astray a little bit. Oh, yeah. This destination speaking and way of framing it instead of, no, 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 this, you're, this is a lifelong journey of growth and, and of, of discernment and of understanding uh, what it means to be someone who's walking with Christ. It makes me think of the if-only language. You know, I've taught— uh, yeah, if, if only I made X number of dollars, then my life would be complete. And it, I think we do the same type of thinking with our faith. Yeah. If only I got into a Sunday school class, if only I got into a Bible yeah. study, then I would have everything I need and my life would be great. And usually what people realize over time is that every one of those growth opportunities that we give them is a journey, mm -hmm. not, a, not a checklist. So that, that's what we want to do with this podcast. We want to, you know, facilitate a community that, you know, we hope will lead to us growing and maybe even lead you down some paths and in a direction where you can experience growth uh, in your life and in your faith as well. Yeah. Ross and I are just going to continue to record these podcasts to, to explore uh, what are examples of healthy and effective transformation uh, in our lives, in our hearts, in our world. And I think we're also going to be talking about different uh, scenarios or, or different books or stories. We might even invite somebody to join us to talk about changing their own life. Yeah, I mean, we're just going to kind of see what gets put in front of us. I mean, I could see us working through uh, scripture for a couple of weeks in a row. I could see us talking through a book that we've read. I could see us inviting someone in to share a story in their own life where they experienced a season of growth and do some reflecting on that with them and, and what we can glean from it and learn from it as. Uh, you know, as their friends and fellow Christ followers. So we'll see. I, I don't know where it's going to go, but I do know that uh, you're going to find us focusing every week on how we can be a community and a people that are growing. Growing deeper. Growing deeper. That's right. Well, and I think that that is just a reminder that just like we're encouraging all of uh, you listeners to be open and receptive, we're going to be open and receptive. Mm -hmm. We're just going to allow mm -hmm. uh, the things we learn uh, the things we experience recording these and, and uh, being uh, practitioners of this in our own lives to lead us to what's next. Mm -hmm. And so I think next week we're going to spend some time, uh, like I said earlier, sharing a bit about our own stories and where we feel like we've experienced growth. And, uh, and, and again, I don't really know what's going to come of that, but it feels 
relevant, right? It feels like I think we need to share a little bit about who we are and how we got here uh, as we talk, you know, and reflect on, you know, what were the seasons of growth in our own lives uh, as we begin to kind of lead conversations about this? So we're going to get real next week. We're going to get real. We're going to open up our stories. We're going to open up uh, some of the things we've learned. And, you know, hopefully it will be a guide for you, too, that maybe some of the things that we have shared will be a way for you to acknowledge some of the times of growth, the catalyst that you've had to emerge from, uh, and see if that is something that will help you take another step towards transformation. So we're going to talk a little bit more biographical next week. Oh, yeah. Get ready. We're excited about it, and uh, I guess we'll see you next week.